Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. From Ireland to Georgia, fundamental transformations are underway. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, which is a good thing because we have a lot to cover today. I try to take the most important stories of the week, but there have been so many stories this week that I think have far-reaching implications, both for Georgia the, or for Georgia, the country, and the world, really. So I want to hit the ground running, dig in this week's big story locally and nationally were the Georgia primaries, where there were no surprises, but Stacey Abrams beat Stacey Evans for the Democratic nomination for governor. And Stacey Abrams is getting a lot of press on this as uh, the historical significance of uh have having a black female on the ballot for Georgia governor it's there's a lot of identity politics stuff going on here it's like identity for identity's sake and i, I can't help but wonder if uh if hollywood would be as excited if their um first black female georgia governor candidate was cynthia mckinney who was a, a congresswoman from Georgia, who I'm sure most of you know of, and she most definitely does not have the globalist viewpoint. And uh, so I feel like if you if you scratch the surface just a little bit, it's obvious that people are excited about Stacey Abrams because of what the policies she's likely to bring to the table. She's a real she comes off as she presents herself. As a grassroots candidate, she's actually described her upbringing, her family as working poor. Uh, she wants to be relatable on every one of those levels. But if you know anything about her background at all or have heard my show, you would know that she's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. She went to Yale her sister is a federally appointed judge. Her other sister is a CDC scientist. I mean, and her list of think tank internships is it fills up a half a single space page in my notes here. I mean, she uh, she clearly has a globalist background and a globalist perspective, and she talks about Georgia as a stepping stone, not only for herself and her career, but to transform, fundamentally transform uh, the South. And that, in turn, is a stepping stone for transforming the country. And I would say this is part, actually, of a plan to uh, make the world conform to the these globalist policy ideals. And, uh, and she talks about the fact, and we've got some some clips that are going to demonstrate most of these things that I'm saying. There actually is a clip 
uh, of her saying something like transforming Georgia would transform the country. I'll see if I can put my finger on that one. But she talks, one of the things she talks about is that the demographic change in Georgia is what's making Georgia ripe for flipping, like flip the South, turn it blue from red, Democrat from Republican. She talks about diversity being at the heart of that. But Georgia, I think, was probably the most diverse state in the country always. When we when I first moved down here with my family, we loved it because it I know people complain about racial tension, but we felt it was very diverse and um, more so than any place we'd ever lived before. So it's not really identity for identity's sake that she's talking about. She's talking about a change in fundamental values, which at other times she attributes to Hollywood and the Hollywood influence here and how much, um, I don't know if she's talked about how much money Georgia has spent attracting the film industry, but to me, that in itself... uh, it could have been a setup from the beginning to to effect this fundamental change in values here and to do it either through the democratic process or to make it look like it's democratic. We, we have serious election integrity problems here, so I don't actually trust the votes, but you have to have the impression for a major shift to that there is a major shift in ideology or demographics in order to justify what would otherwise look like a very strange voting result. And there's a parallel to that that happened this week, yesterday, as a matter of fact, in Ireland. It looks like Ireland voted overwhelmingly to repeal the Eighth Amendment, which was enacted in 1983. It's It says that a woman's life and an unborn child's life have the same value and status so uh that prevented like universal abortion laws stuff like that so they 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 overwhelmingly passed that amendment in 1983 and initial reports say they are overwhelmingly repealing it today now what has happened in that time they're attributing it to church scandal now, the church scandal was pumped up. They didn't, in that time, pump up the scandal of 114 U.K. lawmaker dossiers on, on their pedophilia disappearing. That scandal was not pumped up. They didn't pump up that the U.K. engineered the Irish so-called famine. That scandal was not pumped up. So they, But they want to attribute it to the church scandal, when in reality what actually happened since then was that the EU was created it opened up uh the borders to free movement of labor and goods which as a libertarian i support in a free society um which i don't classify these western countries really as free anymore more fascist is where we're headed i think but um then they 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 stimulated the economy with debt Actually, I think it was unlawful debt, really, if uh, you look at the EU rules. But they stimulate the economy in Ireland with debt. They open up the borders and they drew a lot of immigration there that were not these old, traditional, poor Catholic values. I always thought I actually got Irish citizenship for my family. My son has Down syndrome. And when Obamacare came down, I believe Pope Benedict was in this chair. And uh, he had a cousin 
from what I read, a 15-year-old cousin who had Down syndrome in Nazi Germany, and the kid disappeared. They took him away, and you never saw him again. And I started getting worried because there is this uh, euthanasia for handicapped children. I mean, I know they're not talking about Down's kids as adults, but this is uh, something that's on the rise. You hear about this happening over there. And uh, so I thought Ireland is the one place where they're poor. They probably aren't going to fall into the materialist consumerist culture just because they're poor. And uh, and they didn't have abortion. So they still had a community of people with Down syndrome. But I believe that the demographic uh, change was intentional that they they that Ireland was the stronghold of traditional values. You don't have to like the values. I'm not even I don't even want to talk about the values. What I want to talk what I'm talking about is the way that demographics are manipulated in order to change the culture. Not not just the politics and the policy, but the actual culture because there's no tolerance really for cultural diversity. There's only you know the superficial tolerance, but the the Cultural diversity, of course, you think your culture is better than another culture. You think your values are better. You would not hold them. So it goes with this thing that we've been talking about. You're a Democrat or you're evil. You know, it's this idea that um, why would you have tolerance for somebody else's views when they're clearly wrong? <laughs> you know, it's it's nuanced. It's subtle. It's hard to talk about these things without people feeling like they have to take a side on what is the correct value system. But I I just want to point out, this is what's happening in Georgia. This is what um, Stacey Abrams is talking about. And I I want to play some clips for you about that. Uh, My producer, Binkley, who who finds all this great stuff. I just love it. It's really opened my mind because I could not um, look at that stuff myself. It gets me down. But Binkley brings it. He's here in studio as always. Binkley, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Great, but uh, I feel like I just said too much to digest. What do you think? Am I making sense? Well, it's Memorial Day. People are on the lake. They have time to digest. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Memorial Day weekend. I know. I had. I actually have um, my son and husband are away on a Boy Scout camping trip. And I always get lonely because they abandoned me on these, uh, on these long weekends. And my son resist every time we might i hope we can get to this sometime in the show he wants he wants to quit and i'm not letting him quit i let him quit everything but i'm not letting him quit boy scouts because i just love the dad boy thing but um but we had so many more so many like vitally important issues i guess i guess i'm going too fast for memorial day right i'm too too fast for beers on the lake well if people are drinking (laughs) It's hard enough to absorb this when you're sitting there watching your radio. Uh, so, so what? Um, give me in a nutshell, or or you can. Should we let's play? Let's play a clip. Let's play the clip. Let's start with the clip of Abrams talking about the changing demographic in Georgia. That's clip four. Let's hear clip four. The composition of Georgia is different. Fifteen years ago, Georgia was absolutely a red state, but more people moved in and more people grew up, and the diversity of Georgia is unlike any other state in the South. But it always was. I mean, I don't think the actual demographics have changed very much. I looked, and it's, uh, I think it's like, it's majority white, and then 30% black, and then the rest is kind of, 
a mix. And I just don't think that's changed very much. She is talking about an influx of other values, in my opinion. Of George Soros type stuff. Oh, yes. Because he is a big funder of hers, and you found out something. So don't tell me. Let's wait till after the break. You found you found somebody else who funds her that um, may solve a few little puzzles about how she votes and what she advocates for. Let's get to some of that. Oh, and I've got some great uh, calls on the line. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Get to that right after the break. Monica Perez. Maybe it's something really cool that... I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are talking about fundamental transformations from Ireland to Georgia. And I want to get straight to your calls. 404-872-0750. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to James in Atlanta. Hi, James. You're on with Monica. James, where are you? Gonna have to put you on hold. Hang on, James. I'll get back to you. Looks like I have another James in Powder Springs. Hi, James. You're on with Monica. Yes. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, this is in reference to the coalition to stop the use of androchrome and the killing of children. And this is one of the things that the Rothschilds and all your uh, so elite you call you called last week, right? Or was it somebody else who called? It derails me when you get way, way off topic like that. I'm not doing it. I'm going to go back to James in Atlanta if he's with me. James? Hello? Hello. You are on the Hello. air. Hey, Monica. You know, What's this up? is a very interesting topic. Um, when you look at the Ireland, you look at the Catholic Church in Europe, this actually started back with uh, Pope Paul VII uh, all the way to uh, John Paul II and Benedict, they, uh, he left this. He left the uh, head of the church, and they got the Marxist, the Marxist uh, pope in here who spread nothing but Marxism, and calls it uh, calls it Catholicism. Yeah, I'll um, tell they, you, I I used to look and try to figure out if any pope had ever called for the government redistribution of wealth, and I never found it. And then this pope, Pope Francis if translations are to be believed, is the first time I ever saw a pope unequivocally call for governments to redistribute wealth, which is stealing, and that is a violation of the commandments. Well, he's outwardly preaching his Marxist uh, doctrine, and that's because of the, what's happening and who's taking over the Catholic Church. You're weakening the, the traditional, the strong grip, the traditional values that the Catholic Church had over Europe. You're flooding places like Ireland with Im- uh, immigrants, and uh, they want to change, just like uh, Georgia. Uh, the Democrats uh, have this. Uh, th- th- they think if they flood Georgia with, I'm going to tell you, it's a lot of. They're, they're marking Georgia as a yeah. place for for African Americans that aren't doing so well in other parts of the country to come on down to Georgia. It's the land of milk and honey. Your life is going to change once you get down here. That's what they're marketing from people from New York, Chicago, Detroit. They're having them come down uh, uh, down here. And they want to change the way Georgia, the the the, the makeup of Georgia, the way Georgia, uh, the, the way Georgia operates. But it, it's not it's not going to work. Um, Democrats always think they want to play identity politics. They think if if you are African American, then you're automatically going to vote for them. Well, that's why it's weird that she's talking about the influx because we've always had this demographic mix. Um, I agree. The identity politics is. Uh, 
is sterile, but not if the vote is fixed. Um, you can hang on if you want, James. Uh, I would come back to you, but I'm also open to more calls. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. This will not stand, you know? This aggression will not stand, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. One of the reasons I'm talking to folks from around the country is that Georgia is a national state. You can't get anywhere without going through Atlanta. You can't move any goods without going through Savannah. And we spent a lot of money bringing Hollywood to Georgia. But more than that, Georgia is emblematic of what America should be and will be. And that is why I'm excited to have voices from across this country. While every one of them is certainly known in Hollywood, they each come with their own activist spirit and with work that they've done to lift up the community. And that's why I'm so thrilled to have them with me because what they reflect are the values of Georgia, standing up for people, speaking out, and doing what needs to be done to make change. And I'm excited to have a campaign that is locally grounded, but nationally known, because we have to change all of Georgia to move forward. So that was Stacey Abrams at a recent event, and she is the Democratic nominee for the governorship of Georgia, um, being nationally celebrated for, I think, what, my producer Binkley here calls intersectionality that she's a black female. And that's, that's, that's enough. That's the perfect candidate. right? I, I wonder why they gerrymandered Cynthia McKinney out of a job. If that's all it takes to be celebrated nationally. I don't know. There's probably a few reasons. That they... I feel like there's more to it than just that is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Why don't you tee up a tweet for me, Binkley, but I want to get back to James. James, what do you make of of that? You were on the line um, earlier. That was Stacey Abrams. What do you make of her, uh, of of what she's really got on her agenda? Well, Monica, if you look at the election night with Donald Trump, Georgia was one of the last states, even though most of the votes were in, they were still holding out hope that somehow Georgia would flip, if you remember that. Well, that's interesting. I'm going to interrupt you because... Georgia. Wait, James, listen. So... A week or two ago, a couple of times recently, I've had Garland Favorito, who's an election integrity activist here in Georgia, on, and he pointed out or told us about a criminal complaint followed, filed by some citizens against Brian Kemp, who's in the runoff against Casey Cagle for the Republican nominee for governor, and that there was election irregularities that Kemp's office uh during an investigation, destroyed all the election data. So we actually cannot have an investigation. And I was asking, I thought maybe he was instrumental in swinging Georgia for Trump. And actually, Garland said he thought the opposite. He said some of the returns for Hillary were absolutely beyond comprehension in some of the counties that they would have gone for Hillary. He thinks exactly. there there might have been, he would never say anything he did not know, but he, uh, I mean, he did, he did, he thinks there might've been election irregularities there. And, uh, uh, and what you're saying is interesting to me. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's why they kept on. If you look at that, they kept on saying, Oh, we're going to hold out for Georgia. We're going to hold out because they knew they knew it was something irregular going on. They kept on saying weeks leading up. Oh, Georgia could flip. Georgia could flip, if you remember that. Yeah, and it was so crazy, because I would say, I used to say, hey, man, if Georgia flips, I mean, because I, people would say, you can't vote Libertarian, blah, 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 you have to vote Republican, and I would say, look, if Georgia flips, there's absolutely no hope, but look, they're still working on it. Yeah, they, they have their eyes on Georgia. Um, you got to be real careful. It's a whole national thing. They're going to bring a lot of national money behind, just like the little guy that ran against Karen Handel. 
Remember him? I, I can't remember. Yeah, Oslof. Oslof. Yeah, they did the same thing with him. Now they got a new one with this Abrams, and they're going to bring national attention to her. And because they they got their eye on Georgia for some reason, I think they think if Georgia flips, then the whole South can flip. Yeah, I think they're right. No? You still have hope yeah. that... I mean, and what's the point anyway? I really feel like... Like wow. the Republicans can't be trusted either. They're not holding down the you know one point three trillion dollar budget. Uh, you know, passed okay. without even a discussion practically. What what's even what's left of this? I think system? the point is if the only way that the the globalists or whoever can take over the, the voting is they have to get control of the South. As long as the South votes Republican, the middle of the country, uh, you, you're not going to get rid of uh, you know uh, Trump. But if they can somehow get the South. Then they know they can, you know, they can get the South and get the West Coast, uh, a couple big states in the South, the way uh, Florida, uh, Georgia, then the rest of the states, and they can have their way. But they right. got to get the South. Well, I'll tell you. Thank you very much, James. Um, I will say that that does uh, intersect, if I may, with what I've noticed. Flip the South, flip the flyover, as I call it. There is a a concerted effort to attack not only the South. But also the flyovers where they're they're sending more college money to those places to get kids out of those towns and kind of re-educate them. They want to send infrastructure money there, health care, um, all the stuff that will uh, convert those places to this other way of thinking, collectivist way of thinking, government dependence way of thinking. And I feel like the Trump phenomenon is is more was more like a litmus test. Where do we need to worry about people? Or on the other hand, a diagnostic. Who's got the real problems? And and if you if you demonize Trump enough, you can can act like this is how they talk is they act like that his supporters have like a mental illness. You know what I mean? They um they just look at it it's so they say, well, these people need help. Why? This was a, a headline I saw on the Wall Street Journal. Why do these small towns vote for Trump? And then it talks about all the problems they have. They have poverty. They have drug abuse, you know, like it's a mental illness. And then they use that as an excuse to address the problems of these areas. And I do think James is onto something in that they're trying to flip the South. And then but here's the bigger, bigger picture. And I've noticed this from even stuff I read from the mid 20th century after the U.N. was um, chartered, is that that with the United States Bill of Rights is the last wall between the individual and the state, the last holdout between a totalitarian world government, really. And every single one of them, you think it's the Second Amendment. In my opinion, the Sixth Amendment might be the most important. I'd read it. You know, watch those things go away. Trial by jury. Um, so I feel like uh, like the, there's just these these last holdouts and they absolutely need to get through them. It was like Ireland with the abortion thing. It's it's people in Ireland could get abortions. They would just have to go across the border. No one was stopping that. It's just that you have to let go of the possibility that um, you have control over your own laws. Possibly. I mean, it's it's definitely a globalist agenda on many, many levels. I'm going to go to David in Ackworth. Hi, David. You're on with Monica. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Um, are, do you, are you familiar with uh, Tommy Robinson? 
I don't recognize the name, but that doesn't mean I, I don't know if you remind me who he is. So he's um, like a nationalist activist in England, and he had been um, very vocal speaking out against uh, the, or about the problems of, of the uh, immigration from Muslim areas and the, apparently an epidemic of rape in, uh, in England. He had been ordered to not talk about it anymore. He'd been out on probation, and, and yesterday he was live streaming um, outside of, a, I believe, the sentencing of, uh, of some people who had been convicted of rape. And he was taken away by the police, put in jail for up to 13 months. And uh, not only that, the um, part of that ruling, the, the media in England was forbidden to talk about it. So you don't see some articles that were posted yesterday were pulled down. So you, you can see about it on, on social media. Um, free, free Tommy Robinson is trending. I don't know if it's trending on Twitter. Twitter may be shadow banning that, but but you can see what's happening. Well, I there. will I, I will investigate that. A lot of times, stories like that, uh, especially when it like pits Christians against Muslims or um, you know European people of European descent against people of Middle Eastern descent. I, I think a, a lot of times those things are really just dialectics in play. And like uh, when they openly suppress someone's free speech or put them in jail for that, it's not just because they want to suppress that person's free speech, but they also want to play into a dialectic that causes strife and, and polarizes the population so they take one side or the other. And, uh, and that gives a lot of power to two-party politics and it creates it does not create the atmosphere for defense of rights it creates the atmosphere for people trying to get control of the government for their side because they feel oppressed so i generally don't play into the stuff that gets international attention like that but i thought you're you might have been talking about chris fogarty who was is an irish activist who likes to call attention tries to call attention to the united kingdom the great britain's um, redirecting food grown in Ireland to, I believe, like uh, slave labor or, or near slave labor in their plantations during what was called the Irish famine, but was really um, more, it was a forced famine. And he, uh, uh, he was, if I recall the story correctly, was um, brought up or pursued for trumped up murder charges, which which were debunked. But these people... Uh, you don't get a lot of press on that. You're not going to really find that story. I actually Googled it right before the show and it was hard for me to find the real story back there. Uh, because the stories that get the big press are the stories that either play into the dialectic um, or promote the agenda. And usually that ends up being the same thing. Binkley, do you have a um, a tweet for us or any any insights into what I have we're one heading? from Alan who tweets that, his dog and him are sitting out back listening to the show together. Wow, that's super There's awesome. There's a picture of his dog. Should I should I lighten it up, Binkley? Let me ask you that question. I think I, I should insert some lightness right now. That's what this is right here. You know? That's super light. I love that. So um, well, let's ask Alan. Maybe he'll tweet me back. I am I'm interested to know your opinion, Alan, on this personal question. So my, I told you earlier that my son is camping with my husband at, with his Boy Scouts troop, 
and I usually let him do whatever he wants, get whatever he wants, as long as he does his schoolwork and shows up for baseball practice. But I'm not letting him quit Boy Scouts. I feel like there's a lot of value there. And um, but he's putting up a fight. And I want to know people with some perspective to give me a little insight into uh, whether I should continue to resist his efforts to quit. Should I should I kind of threaten to withhold my specialty grilled cheeses until, you know, he <laughs> stops complaining about Boy Scouts. I don't know. Let me know what you think at Monica Perez Show. I'll even take calls on the topic if you like. 800-WSB-TALK. We'll read tweets on that after the break. But we have lots more of the meaty stuff coming up. I want to talk more about Abrams. I want to talk about the Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein turned himself in. Uh, to the New York authorities, uh, maybe at the top of the hour, we'll talk about that. But something of this smacks of Hollywood in more than one way. And I'll tell you a little backstory that you're probably not hearing about the Weinstein story. 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. You maniac! You blow it up! On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. We are talking about the important stories of the week, but it is Memorial Day weekend. And uh, I want to, um, my own personal Memorial Day is kind of interrupted by a scouting trip my son and husband took. My son didn't want to go. He wants to quit. And I don't want him to quit. But am I being a tiger mom? Do you think I should let him quit? We're going to get back to the uh, Georgia governor's race, the Harvey Weinstein story. But uh, but I'm hoping you can give me a little help here. So I'm going to Mark and Conyers. What do you think, Mark? Mark, you're on the air with Monica. Monica? Yes. Before, uh, great topic. I'm glad you brought it up. I'm a traditionalist, but I also believe in, of course, parents, um, you know, reading philosophy, and it's recently changed. And I think if you haven't read it recently, I think you really need to. Um, he may be sensing something as a change himself as a, as a young man or boy. And I often Oh, I'm losing you, Mark. Yeah. Sorry, Mark. I lost the connection there. Um, but uh, I don't know if you're talking about the difference in the scouting philosophy, Binkley. Was that what he was saying? The scouting philosophy has changed. Maybe my son. I heard philosophy. I'm yeah. not sure he probably was uh, talking about scouting. Yeah, philosophy. because this is the weird thing about this group is that they they got they decided to do the troop in the traditional fashion and they are using the original rules. So like before they would let my son join, they asked me like, am I okay with this stuff? Which is no, no moms. Like there, you can't even run meetings or anything. It's all dads. Dads drive them to the things and it's all dads. It's not a race for badges. There's not nothing. It's not competitive. Uh, the boys get banged up. That was a big thing. They're like, look, you know, if you're going to worry about, a broken arm here and there. This might not be for you. I was like, what? Now, he might not come back. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, um, how far are you going? <laughs> you don't go too far. So uh, so it's actually super cool like that. And um, they had a, a survivalist thing. And my son's actually pretty good at this stuff. And I sent him to survival camp once. And one of the Boy Scout challenges was to start a fire and he said to my husband he's like 
Yeah, but they gave me a match. Where's the challenge in that? I was like, wow, this kid has got hidden talents. He should love scouts. I'm going to take one more call on that after the break, so hang on, and then we'll get back to, uh, to the serious stuff. This is Monica Perez. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.